My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Could you go a year or longer without sex? Why would you do so? And what could be the benefits and potential challenges? You might be able to guess what the challenges could be. How can you navigate the overwhelm of too many choices on dating apps? And what would you do if you love having pubic hair, but your partner is pretty turned off by it? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and we are going to explore all of this with Bruna, a writer, dating expert, and the creator of The Problem with Dating. Remember to visit my website, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org to sign up for a Occasional updates and episode extras, and visit Dr. Megan's site, greatlifegreatsex.com. Welcome, Bruna. How are Thank you? you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so happy to meet you in person finally. Oh, and I know. You here. I'm happy to be here. So, I read your article on mm-hmm. Cosmo mm-hmm. about your decision to go sex free for a year. Yeah. Would you tell us what was your inspiration? Oh, man. Um, sure. So, I was kind of seeing a guy we were physical and I just remember afterwards I felt empty because he wasn't willing to commit and I was like why does this keep happening so I was like trying to put myself in a position where I could reframe my approach and look at sex a little differently because I started to find patterns that I wasn't exactly happy with and that was mainly that why am I having sex with guys to try to lure them to stay as opposed to having sex with men who love me? So I was like, I'm taking sex off the table. And so that's kind of how it started. And did you make this proclamation? Did you tell your friends? Was it just like a private vow? And was it serious from the beginning? Um, I, I did tell people mainly to hold me accountable. <laughs> if you catch me having sex, stop <laughs> <No. me. laughs> If I talk about anything, just tell me. No. Um, well, I told the guy first. I was like, you know, maybe because he made it clear, you know, I'm not ready for a relationship. And and I tried to be all cool about it because I was like, you got to be cool, Brunette. Just be cool. But really, I was like, man, this sucks. So I was just like, okay. So we... We had a a decent friendship foundation and we wanted to explore that. So I told him, you know, maybe it's best if we just don't have sex. And he was like, I think that's a good idea. Like, I'm cool with that. I was like, okay. And then I told myself, I'm not doing this again. So the next person I have sex with is going to be a man who I am committed to and he's committed to me and we can have sex for, you know, the, I don't want to say the right reasons because everyone has their own idea of what the right reason is, but to me, something that's stable with a solid foundation and that I don't have to wonder about or overthink or, you know, and just completely surrender to. And so I did tell some of my girlfriends, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to have sex. Like, I'm, you know, whatever. And they were just like, really? Did they believe you? Because I feel like we all say that occasionally. Like, 
Yeah. I'm gonna be a sell- I'm gonna be a nun today. I'm yeah. gonna this month, whatever. I think at first they were kinda like, okay. But I'm not like <laughs> I was never like crazy sexually active. So I've gone through long dry spells before. Um and not because I chose to, just because that's what happened. So they were like, okay, cool. Like if that's what you want to do. And then I would explain why. And they're like, that's actually a great idea. Like, I think that's going to be good for you. And I was like, thanks. So. And did you feel like it was taking you out of your comfort zone, even though it sounds like you were in an uncomfortable space? So was it a relief or was it kind of like, this is a little scary? No, it wasn't scary at all. It was more of a relief, I think, especially when I would then spend time with guys who I like previously had flings with or were or was previously sexually active with or whatever and knowing I'm not having sex with you I don't even have to worry about you know oh making a move is anything gonna happen do I need to shave my legs like you know anything it's not happening so it's fine so that took weight off of me and I feel like it's hard to explain that but there was a shift somewhere where anytime I would interact with a guy knowing that I'm not even going to make that an offer on the table. There was some sort of confidence with that or something that I was just like. Like a certainty. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm not, I'm not even going to have to worry about this because I'm not even going to give you that opportunity. So. Did you feel the need to explain t- to each guy then? And if so, at what point? Mm, no, because I... <laughs> I, I write about dating a lot, but I don't date often. So when I do talk to a guy, I mean, I already just the woman I am. I don't come off as someone who is going to sleep with you right away. So guys don't usually make a move. Um, but when it does get to a point where, you know, we're talking consistently and, and we're building something and I feel like the hormones are just jumping out, then I I make it clear. But once that article came out, everyone knew, so I didn't really have to say much. You just like carry um, it around and flash the people if they approach. Yeah. They're like, wait, so the responses were just incredible. In what way? Is positive? Mostly positive, yes. Yeah. I mean, of course you get some that are like, okay. But lots of positive, both male and female. Um, lots of thank yous because, quote, people don't talk about this. So I was like, that's cool. And interesting to get from men um, comments like, women have sex that much? Or like, you know, stuff like that. I'm just like, what do you think we do? Like, we just sit around and wait for a guy to look at us. And then we're like, oh, please. Like, it would have to be a decision. They were surprised. That's so interesting. There's still this weird stereotype. And I think it goes both ways because there's also an expectation that all guys are like walking sex drive, high, hard penises. And I feel like we're all pretty in the middle and all over the place. And, you know, I I bet some guys actually might be relieved. I don't know if they told you that or not, but even to Mm -hmm. to be like, you know what? That's cool. I wish I could do that. Yeah, no, I got a lot of positive responses from guys. Um, A lot of uh, that's that's great. I think that's the right frame of mind. Da, da, da. It's really hard these days to not let that get in the mix. And I was like, that's pretty cool. It was a little difficult sometimes because, 
you know, the article was my experience and my takeaway. And a year from now, I might read that article and be like, oh, maybe I don't really agree with that line as much anymore. Or, you know, whatever. Because it was I'm, very honest. It felt to you. me very honest. And I admire that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I try to be honest. The only problem with that, which isn't really a problem, is just that as I constantly evolve as a woman and as just a human being, like my thoughts might change. And so it's always scary to put things down on paper that people will be able to read for a long time and some cling on to. And I'm just like, okay, but you have to understand that I, that was a long time ago. Like I, I, I change. It's like Gloria Steinem, you know, she began to get her fame from that article where she went undercover as a Playboy bunny. Mm -hmm. And I was just uh, reading an interview with her from a couple years ago. And she was like, I can't believe people are still asking me about this. Like, yeah. But it's still so fascinating to people. And and that may be the case, but it's also awesome that, you know, as you remain honest, you know, I think people really value that authenticity. And when you're in a completely yeah. different place, being able to say, that's where I was, this is where I am. And that gives other people permission too to be like, you know what, it's okay to totally change. Yeah, of course. And what was funny too was I got some like competitive responses. Like like people would be like, oh, you win a year. It's been like six for me. And I'm just like, okay. Good for you. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not trying to fight with anyone it's over like here. A, like it just, it is what it is. book record or something. And I didn't go into it like, okay, I'm going to do this for a year. It, I was just like, there was no timeline. I'm still doing it. So it's like, what, a year and a half now? Um and there's no end date and there's no like preconceived, okay, so on this day, I'm just going to go have sex with someone because that's the cutoff. Like, yeah. it is what it is. And when it happens, it happens. It just so happened that I I realized a year had passed and I was like, I should write about this. Yeah. And yeah. So it's really fascinating. I think it brings up so many important topics. So have you allowed yourself the freedom to self-pleasure and masturbate if you want to? Mm-hmm. Is that so it's purely about the relationship context. Yeah. So that was the other thing. Um, a lot of people kept throwing celibacy, like the word celibacy. And in its true context, I was like, I'm not celibate because I still, I pleasure myself. Um, it's just in relation to me with a partner, that's not happening because the the relationship aspect, the commitment is not there. Have you felt tempted at all? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Tell me a story. Um, <laughs> so there is a, a gentleman in the picture, um, but we are not committed. And he knew about this before the article came out because we're very close and, and he's someone I talk to about everything. And, and he was very intrigued by this idea because he wanted to understand like, okay, so what is it? And I, I explained to him, it's not just casual sex that's the problem. It's meaningless sex to me. Like, I saw myself at some point in my life having sex and, like, not even caring about what was happening to the point where you lose the magic of what a sexual experience is supposed to be. And now you don't even think of it like that. You don't even think of it as two people coming together and sharing energy with each other and being completely vulnerable with each other and doing something that could, well, initially is done to create another human being, not just for pleasure, but, you know, it's serious. And so 
I needed to, you know, get back on track. And when I talked to him about that, he was obviously very supportive. But it's easy to not have sex with anyone when there's no one that you want to have sex with. But then you throw someone in the mix and you're like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. I want that. Yeah. It's tough. But so then it's good that you're able to pleasure yourself. It's not the same thing because you're also probably craving that intimate connection. Yes. So that's really I mean, if we're going to keep it real, that's probably the one thing I'm missing. Like sexually, um, my past experience were not like amazing, crazy, mind blowing, whatever. Sorry, guys, if you're listening. Um, But for that reason, like, that's why it wasn't so difficult to um, stop because I was still getting an orgasm and I was guaranteed one because I was giving it to myself. Yeah. So um, and I didn't have to up my number. I didn't have to feel shitty after. I didn't have to worry if a guy was going to text me like I'm good. But. There is the just the human connection aspect that you miss. But then if you think about it and you're having sex with someone that you're not even really um, emotionally invested in, then you don't have that to begin with anyway. So what am I really missing out on? And for that reason, um, the guy that I mentioned earlier, I mean, he's great because he's very, if I lose my self-discipline at any point, he is there to stop whatever's going to happen because he's like no like we're going to do this right like I respect whatever's going on I was just like bless you also it gives you the opportunity to explore intimacy in different ways and that's been a a really interesting and uh and rewarding experience I know that you really talk a lot about vulnerability and Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be vulnerable especially when you're first of all writing about sex I know how that goes you know Mm -hmm. sometimes people I've had people ask me if I'm intimidating to people. I'm like, I don't know. I don't yeah. think I am. Like, they assume you are. Or some people really are intimidated, I, I guess. Um, but how does that play out in, you know, during this year or in general for you? I get intimidation remarks all the time in, like, not even just like the sex stuff from the beginning, like when I started the problem with dating and I started writing about relationships and love and guys and whatever, everyone was like, well, one, you're just intimidating. And two, aren't you worried that you're going to scare off guys because you're writing about this stuff? And I'm just like, one, I'm not intimidating. And two, I don't care. Like, if I'm going to scare you away, then you were never meant to be here. So it doesn't bother me. And I hate that everyone keeps making women feel like we have to shape and construct ourselves to whatever is pleasing to everyone else instead of what's pleasing to ourselves. And that has been, like, one of the bigger challenges in doing this. But I feel so rewarded in it because I, I can say I don't care. And I'm not just saying it to say it. Like, I mean it. It's fascinating because I feel that when you're writing about sex, you're also studying it. You're, you know, you have to, when you're researching articles or interviewing experts and you have to have an understanding to articulate Mm -hmm. it, having an understanding about sexuality is a really big bonus. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting that that is intimidating. And uh, I had an experience where I participated in an orgasm MRI 
I wrote about it for Cosmo, actually. Interesting. And one thing that was so fascinating, so, you know, they put you in the MRI machine and you can't move at all, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize until like the day before. So I probably should have practiced because it's very hard to self-stimulate. Wait, so you have to orgasm but not move? Yeah, you can move your hand. But, like, you can't move your head at all. Literally, they made me this, like, Hannibal Lecter mask. <laughs> it's, like, fit to my head. I still have it. I saved it. Um, but it looks really scary. But it's, like, your head is plastered down, basically. Like, you can't move. And that is n- – I had never masturbated like that before. So there were all of these different factors that made it really interesting and challenging. And I learned a lot from it. And it was turned out to be a really empowering thing because I learned about – um, kind of the whisper orgasms that I had been completely ignoring. Wait, what? Is, what? Like, um, I'm more of a G-spot person, and I I feel oh. a lot more sensation inside, and I always have. So I'm I have a lot of sensitivity in my clit, but the internal clit is where I get more sensation. And so, for me to because there was this prompter that would say, uh, you know, imagine someone's touching your clit. Now actually touch your clit, you know, and so. I did not think I was going to orgasm. And I told them, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to screw this up because I'm not going to be able to come. And they were like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's still helpful. So like with the pressure off. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize immediately when it happened. But I had been having these smaller orgasms. I don't like to say smaller because they're all like equal value, whatever. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I learned a lot about pleasure in my body and and, uh, the mind. And so I, I had the opportunity to be interviewed for some different places about this. And one was uh, this big time actor who has a a radio show that he's had forever and has bazillions of listeners. And he told me during our interview, he's like, I would never let my wife do that. Why? Yeah, exactly. Somebody actually called in and and kind of stood up for me. They were like, well, I actually think that being with a woman who knows her body is a really cool thing. And he just like hung up on him. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's like the perfect example of ego just like trying to take over. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't understand it. I just mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 wild, you know, and I think I think it's really important for for guys who are listening if they're feeling intimidated, you know, to to look into that and get curious about it and just. Yeah. Why? Why does that intimidate me? It's not like it's not like somebody who knows their body is going to like be a monster, like come in. and. Well, because at the end of the day, it's not you that's intimidating. It's the fact that they feel like now they are not sufficient enough or something. There's some it's always internal that you're projecting. So it's like if I'm making you intimidated, then find out what it is about yourself that's making you feel like you're less than. Or what is it about me that you see that you don't have, and now you feel threatened by it. That's like mirroring. Yeah. Too. Yeah, completely. Because then you can grow through it, you know, and I think that's great. And that's another way that you can be really vulnerable. And whenever yeah. you're talking about this kind of stuff can be really powerful. How did you end up in the dating realm as an expert in, in writing about these topics? Well, I don't know if I'm an expert by any means, but that it's just something that's always really fascinated me. I was always... Um, the girl that all my friends would go to. I don't know why, because my personal dating experience wasn't something I was very proud of. But it's just a topic that I really love. And and I was always interested in psychology. That was my initial major before I switched. And I feel like dating and relationships and love is the perfect example of getting the vast um, experience of human behavior. 
So to me, it's just it's really fascinating to just see people in this element and then see what what transpires from it. And I felt like because I do love talking about dating. And when I started um, the problem with dating, I had been single for two years, I think. And I was like always in a monogamous relationship for like 10 years of my life. It was back to back, long term, serious relationships. And then I was single for the first time. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> who do I text? Who's going to tell me goodnight? Who do I hang out with? Like, you know, all this stuff. Yep. And then, you know, the dating app boom happened. And I was just like telling. I remember one. There were a lot of different experiences that kind of led up to that point. But I remember one that really stands out was hanging out with a guy friend of mine and telling him a story about something a guy did um, when I was out at some club in, in San Diego. And he just started laughing hysterically. And he was like, you need to write about this stuff. And I was like, no one wants to hear my shit. Like everyone's dealing with it. It's not anything special. He's like, no, you need to write about it. And I had a writing background already. So I was like, I have nothing to lose. And writing's therapeutic for me. So it still is something that is very much for me. Um, I always tell people, I don't know what I'm thinking until I read what I say. So I write it down and then I read it. And now it's very rewarding to go back and read those old posts and see my growth through time. Yeah, I can relate to that. It's so interesting sometimes that feeling of wanting to articulate your feelings about something. Mm-hmm. And it's like you feel it, mm-hmm. but the words are not there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Writing is, I feel like I write better than I speak, which is funny because I I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same way, though. Yeah. There's a quote that I really love that says something like, my feelings sound better coming from my fingertips or something like that. And I, I was just it. like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much true. <laughs> yeah, I totally relate to that. So we have a question from mm-hmm. Jessa for both you and Dr. Megan Fleming, mm. our resident sex expert out in New York City at greatlifegreatsex.com. And it's a really interesting one. I think it's really topical. It's something that there's kind of, a, I don't know, I feel like it's getting more diverse reactions lately. It's about pubic hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jessa wrote this. My boyfriend wasn't going down on me at all, and I finally found out why. We were talking, and he admitted he doesn't like my pubic hair. His ex is all waxed, and he says it gets in his way and just feels weird. I'm not comfortable getting rid of it other than a bit of trimming and shaving around my bikini line, but now I feel self-conscious, and he feels bad too. Ugh, how Mm. do we find middle ground here? Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Jessica, thanks for this question and the debate in which in some ways have been sort of been declared the uh, pubic wars. You know, it's interesting that um, women finding pubic hair in men attractive or not attractive or preferred has been a topic of debate since ancient Egyptians, Romans, and Greeks to uh, the Middle Ages, to the 60s and 70s, where in that time, uh, everything was about natural and uh, freely grown body hair. And so, you know, it was actually in uh, 1970 when Penthouse first sort of showed hints of innocence pubic hair. And I have a colleague of mine who remembered being that so exciting and a list because it was innocence uh, had been sort of so taboo. Um, you know, this is so much about preference and muscle memory and experience. Um, and, you know, it's striking that you're, you know, we have to take in those, that sense of preferences, right? That 
for whatever reason, you know, when your boyfriend says, quote, unquote, it feels weird, you know, can he tell you more? And does he not understand or feel or experience how turned on and aroused you get by oral sex or stimulation? And is that not enough in terms of your pleasure to bypass sort of some of his own resistance? And, you know, is there any middle ground in terms of what that trimming would look like and perhaps even the opportunity to um, have him trim you, right? Like thinking about it could be sexy to um, have him do a little bit of shaving in particularly those areas right around um, sort of your vaginal opening, your vulva, your clitoris that in any way he finds distracting. Um, Because what, you know, this is, there's no gold standard here. It's about the conversation and opening up the dialogue to figure out what's the negotiation, where's the win-win that um, you're receiving the sensation and pleasure um, of his giving you oral sex at the same time, acknowledging, you know, what would make it, you know, more desirable for him. Uh, In my experience, typically it is the opportunity to figure out and not see it as a power struggle, but as an opportunity to figure out what is for the both of you, uh, the best case scenario. And listen, when, and if it's not about oral sex, worst case, then you're exploring what are other ways to really open up, um, and increase in a sense, the menu, your repertoire of ways to give and receive pleasure. It's really about that intention and that desire and that ability to, you know, honor and, you know, sort of give your partner that which gives them the most pleasure and, and vice versa, the ability to receive it as well. So, um, you know, I know I haven't given you a definitive answer here because you know what, it's really about what works for both of you. And as always, I'm really curious to hear about those conversations and what you both try to figure out and hear what works best for you both. Thank you, Dr. Megan. Verna, what was your initial reaction? That's a very interesting conversation to have um, with your partner and with whoever you're sexually active with, because I know as a woman, for the longest time, I felt like I needed to be completely bare and waxed. And that was that was it because that's what was appealing. And I mean, I didn't mind it. I would go get waxed religiously because it's also just easier to maintain. And the pain didn't bother you because... The pain in the beginning, yeah. But because I um, I only wax, like, you know, with time, I wouldn't even really feel it because, um, you know, the hair would grow back thinner and less. And so I was just like, oh, this isn't so bad. It's just expensive. <laughs> And also, how often did you have to go in? Because I'm not a waxer. I would go like once a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My listeners are totally sick of hearing me talk about my one experience, but I'll give you the <laughs> nutshell. I uh, I went to a place called Pain-Free Waxing. <laughs> lies. <laughs> All lies. It was so lies. I walked in. They were like, did you take your ibuprofen? And oh, I was bleeding. No. It was horrible. Um, but, you know, and I, I do other, like a little grooming, but I've never been completely bare. And... Uh, it's, it's interesting to me because people are doing um, laser. Mm-hmm. I read one study that said uh, in one, it was like a thousand college students, cream was more popular than waxing. And I didn't even know that like cream, like Nair or whatever. Oh, are you even allowed to do that? I don't even it? know. I'm not sure. I mean, isn't that what that's for? Or is it for your legs? I feel like it's more for, le- I mean. Don't take off my advice. I don't know. <laughs> I obviously have no idea. I've literally done just like 
everything. I've lasered too, um, but I didn't go the because you're supposed to go. I don't know how many times, how many sessions until before. it's like semi permanent or permanent, right? Yeah, and so I had to stop because um, I wanted to tan for my friend's wedding, and you you can't tan a oh, laser. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna take a break here because I need to tan, and then it just like it was as if nothing even happened. I was just like, gosh. Darn. Yeah, it's not. I actually written some articles about it, and uh, I was I was surprised that I thought it was supposed to be permanent, but I guess it can be. Yeah. Not necessarily, but you also have to get like enough sessions and. And it also just depends on like your personal hair growth and, and all that. And I'm Middle Eastern, so it's just like, you know, it's going to take a while. Yeah. But it was interesting once, too, I went to a waxer long time ago and she, <laughs> I went with my boyfriend at the time, um, who's Filipino, and she was also Asian. I don't know specifically what, but she saw him. And then she took me back and she was like, okay, so you want to wax? And I was like, yeah, just take it off. And she was like, no. And I was like, what What do you mean no? She's like, no, the Asian men, they don't like that. I'm going to leave a little bit. And I was like, no, like I, this is this my is vagina. Me. I would like it bare. Thank you. And she wouldn't. She left a damn landing strip. Oh and I was gosh. just like, okay, this is like. What if you were a lesbian or. Yeah. I don't know. I was yeah. just like, okay, this woman is clearly like set in her ways. And I was just like, I'll just shave it off if I have to. I hate shaving because it's just one, tiresome. Two, it can create all kinds of like just razor bump mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. coarse hair and whatever. Um, but in for Jessa and like her partner, I've talked about this with plenty of guys that I've been either sexually active with or even just like guy friends. Like, what what do you guys like? Because I get such a range of answers. Um, I think the best thing that I heard from a man was whatever makes you feel sexiest and comfortable Mm. works for me. And that is like that's an amazing answer because it completely puts the woman at ease. And it's, when you're already in such a vulnerable state, to have the man that you're going to be sexually active with be like, listen, you could have like a 70s bush down there. You could be bare. Whatever makes you feel beautiful and complete yeah. and like willing to just what like I'm game. I'm that's like, perfect. That's amazing. Yes, because really when they're having that conversation, I mean, I think it's great. They're both being honest. Yeah. Um. But it sounded a bit like the decision isn't whether he could learn to get used to it or, you know, because he's not familiar. So that's another thing. It's like if you've only experienced oral sex with no hair, it's going to be a different thing, you know. So um, it usually does, though, fall onto onto us, whether we're going to change it or not. But although a lot of a lot of guys and people with penises are waxing and shaving and all that yeah which i'm like i don't get that with men yeah because i'm just i i prefer having something down there with a man um but again if that's what makes you comfortable yeah fine like it's not gonna kill me either way (laughs) right right it's fine yeah but i can imagine like if a guy told me like, oh, no, I don't, I can't do that. Like, I would be so self-conscious after yeah, that. Regardless, yeah. like, even if I did wax for you or whatever, like, that's always going to be in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah, I hear you there. I, I think that it does place that sort of 
um, self-consciousness and, and a little bit of shame or even comparison because it's like, yeah. well, all of the other pubes I've hung out with. Well, guess what? Those pubes are gone. Yeah, like, exactly. Literally <laughs> and figuratively. So yeah. we don't need to be talking about them. Yeah. For people who do want to keep some of their pubic hair, you know, it does serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess uh, I was researching this and, um, you know, humans used to have a ton of, well, body hair all over, right? And less and less and less. But for whatever reason, it's believed because it's your, our most delicate area. Um, so there's the protective part, but then also, I guess, there's pheromones. So sometimes it plays a role in um, turn-on and arousal, and some people have a fetish for it, mm-hmm. which I haven't researched that. It's probably really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's just so individual, and I think keeping those conversations going is yeah, that's the that's most important. important part is being able to talk to your partner about that. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have a sense of or do you think about when you do start having sex again, when you just when I just say that, like what comes up for you? Um, excitement. <laughs> You're like <laughs> in every it. type of way. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, I'm just excited because I know that when it does happen, it's going to be with someone. It's going to be an experience that I have um, not given myself in a long time in the sense of having it for the right reasons. And so I'm excited about that because whoever that ends up being, it's going to be something that's going to be very, um, it's just going to be great. And I'm just, I'm ready for it. (laughs) Let's do it. You're going to get all kinds of emails and tweets after this. signing up but so special too and yeah. and it's it's the first time but you know how to do it well let's hope so because <laughs> it's been a while so I'm just like oh god do I remember what to do um no but yeah I think I think it's gonna be great and I it's also just been a great um body positive experience like you know just reminding myself of you know what I possess and and being comfortable naked and and letting myself that way so I can be open with that person that's the other thing that's really important too is when you rush into it or you just do it or you don't even really care about the person or whatever at least for me I'm very self-conscious like I get especially in in those moments and most of the time the reason because let me tell you 75 if not more percent of you know the sexual experiences I've had I did not orgasm so I was just like because I was either too much in my head and I was just like oh god what do I look like in this angle? What is he thinking about? Am I going to hear from him? Is my role like pooching out? Like, I don't even know. And so in this case, I can just completely relax and be like, no, he's here for the right reasons. This is going to be great. I look phenomenal. Let's do it. So I'm excited for that. When you said it's been a body positive experience, have has that been a priority? Have you been working on spending more time naked and all that? Or is it more about the security you'll have in the relationship that'll help you feel comfortable? I think it's been an indirect um, message that I needed to let sink in. Um, I've always been kind of comfortable with nudity. Uh, I never really understood like the American uh, view of you know the shame with nipples and like like all in movies it's stuff. so ridiculous they have sex and then like the woman has to like walk around like she's wearing a toga. Yeah I'm just like girl that's That's beautiful. Like the female figure, you don't have to, you can, whoever you are, like you just know that's beauty regardless. And so it's just like, I don't, I don't get that. And 
you know, I'm from Lebanon and in the Middle East and just over over yonder, there are billboards with like topless women and stuff. So it and no one makes a big deal out of it because it just it is what it is. It's boobs. Like it's fine. It's just a body part, yeah. But over here, like God it's forbid I don't wear a bra and it's cold out. Oh, and I then know. people are like, Oh, a little chilly, eh? And I'm just like, Yeah, it's fucking cold and I'm not wearing a bra. Because like, it's comfortable, thanks. Yeah. I hate I bras. hate bras too. I do this thing. I was gonna make a whole video series, and I'm not sure if I'm glad I did or or that I didn't. Um, but of bradini, like you know how we get really good at taking off our bras mm. while we're yes. wearing shirts, and yes, you're just yes, like, yes. yeah, yeah. When I was living in Miami in South Beach, Ooh. lots of toplessness, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm from Minnesota, where like you basically wear clothes in the shower. Like everyone covers up (laughs) everything. And then I got into the fashion industry where you're like changing in front of people. And uh, so I got over that kind of modesty, but then Miami was a whole different thing. So moving from there to Los Angeles was fascinating because I was so used to not having to wear a bra. I don't Mm -hmm. need to wear bras. Like I just, I know some people feel really supported. I just feel kind of restrained. Yeah. And it's amazing I've, because there's this obsession with them here and, and hiding and all this stuff. People just stare. I mean, even I probably would just because I'm so used to. Yeah, same. You know, or if you see like a huge amount of cleavage or someone's right in front of you, it's like it's hard not to look because mm-hmm. it's kind of like always hidden. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate because it's it's beautiful. And I'm just like I'm getting more comfortable with it. And I I don't. I mean, listen, if my tits bother you, that's on you. Like, I don't even care. Good. That's a that's an excellent attitude to have. Did you also grow up with a free sense about sexuality? Did you learn much about um sex? Mm, no. I don't I don't know. My view on I was very like I waited. Well, I didn't wait that long, but I waited. But I got in like my initial experience with sex wasn't the most positive one so it was very like you know I slept with the guy I was dating because he kept like hounding me about not giving it up to him and then would cheat on me and then blame it on that and be like well I have needs and you're not giving it to me so what do you expect me to do Uh. and I'm young and naive and very impressionable at the time and so I was just like oh so I'm supposed to give sex to a man to keep him like that's what the currency system it still is very it's prevalent. so sad. And then when I yeah. think back at how young I was and and how manipulated I was and, and how even later in life when I technically should have known better, that message was still ingrained somewhere back there because I was still doing it as a young adult. So I was just like, oh, I don't know. He's kind of pulling away. He's not texting back as fast. I'm, there must be other girls. I should have sex with him. It's amazing how much our formative experiences influence yeah. Those that, that come, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I had sex before I masturbated. Same. Which, oh, really? There's yeah. so few of us. Yeah. High five, sister. Hey! We're like the, we did a word for it. No, it was... Later, um, laterbation or something. Yeah. <laughs> I remember... Yeah, because I remember the guy, my first partner, that same douchebag, um, <laughs> when we were, like, fooling around before... We did it. And that was the first time because I didn't orgasm with him ever. And except for once, I almost did because we were like fooling around and I felt the um, sensation because I'm opposite of you. I'm very much clitoral. Like I ugh, I don't know how you guys get off with the <laughs> internal, but um, I didn't know what it was. So I started freaking out. 
And I was like, oh, shit, am I going to, like, pee myself? What is this? And so I, I, I moved and I, I stopped it because I was like, I don't know what's happening here. But that, like, planted the seed in my brain. And I was just like, what? Hmm. What was going on there? And then once I was um, courageous enough to explore my own body and I realized what was going on, I was like, oh, man, so this is what it is. It's life-changing. And then when I realized that I could do it myself, I was We're like, set. what? <laughs> Wait, why can do this to me? Why can't you do this to me? I don't understand. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing. And that tends to be, you know, there's lots of research that shows, you know, yeah. that, that we tend to have the most pleasurable. But also, it's interesting because I do think self-consciousness plays a role there, too. Mm-hmm. If you're by yourself, then you're not concerned or you're also not having that inti- intimate connection with another person. And it's not like right. it's all about being concerned that, oh, no, another person's there or anything. But there's something about not ha- not thinking at all about how you're being perceived. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just different. Um, both are great when it happens. Um, I'm interested about these, what do you call them, whisper orgasms? Yeah. For I me, that's like- what a clitoral, out, like an external clitoral orgasm is like a, it's like a tickle and then it just kind of like flitters down like a feather. I feel like that might be my internal. Oh, interesting. Because my my girlfriends who are easily pleased would always get on my case and be like, well, then why do you have sex? Because I wouldn't orgasm much. And so I was just like, what do you, it still feels good. Like I still get something. It's just not that like, oh my gosh, my body's shaking, like completely yeah. mind blowing, whatever. Because you can stimulate your external clit during intercourse too. Yes. And and I mean, I just love that feeling too of being filled up regardless. Like I just think that's a, but again, that also was my formative experience. So I, you yeah. know, you never know kind of if, you know, I just had a lot of, I was, you know, taught that like touching anything down there will send you to hell and all this stuff. Right. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's so interesting how all of our bodies are just so different, you know? Yeah. And, and I think change over time, like our clitoris grows throughout our lives. And that mm-hmm. means that's a lot of pleasure tissue, right? So yeah. it's so important to to know your own body. And do you feel like not having sex with a partner is Im- enhancing your solo pleasure experience? Have you learned more about your body? I think so. Yeah. Um, Again, it's just, it's the comfort level and it is just like knowing certain, um, not positions per se, but just like areas and angles and, and pressure points and stuff like that to where when that does happen, I can be like, okay, let's try this. And I think that's something that a lot of people are missing because they are afraid of getting in tune with their own body. You can't expect someone to come in and know exactly what to do with you. I mean, they might have some tricks up their sleeve that you're going to love, but if you, you kind of have to guide and like lead someone and people need to stop being so offended by that because I'm very... I'm not very vocal, but I'm just like, if I know what's going to work for me, I'm going to tell you and we're going to move. And ultimately, you're going to like that I'm going to get off. So let me tell you how to get there if whatever we're doing right now is not going to help us. And you, it sounded like some people have not reacted positively to that. Have you had people be like, um, why are you scolding me? <laughs> <laughs> no scolding, no scolding. Uh, if they, it was, It wasn't so much like anger. It was just you could tell like, 
maybe their ego was shot a little bit mm. or there was always the like I'm not a liar so if you're gonna ask me <laughs> did you come I'm gonna tell you no I did not I'm not mad it's yeah, fine like yeah. you got yours I'm happy for you this was a nice experience yeah but no I didn't and you know some of them don't care and some of them are like what no, I could have sworn. Or some of them swear you did. And I'm just oh, like. Oh, that's nice. I'm like, listen. Dude, I was with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I would know more than you whether it happened or not. That's so interesting. I think, you know, I, because it can be a very pleasurable experience. Very. Without climax. I think, I think everyone should experience that. Yeah. You know, because I think there is this performance goal setting kind of. Um, approach that we have and there's so much focus on the orgasm yeah as the end point yeah and it's it's more so about the journey than the destination it is so true I actually had a sex educator recently tell me that the best orgasms come when you're trying not to orgasm mm-hmm. and I liked that yeah I learned recently I get skingasms do you know what that is no. So some people use this term there's a scientific term that I forgot because I like skingasm but uh it's basically you get chills all over your body suddenly, and a lot of people experience it a really common way is during listening to music that they're really moved by. But it happens oh. to me during conversations. And, Interesting. You know, when I'm interviewing someone, or probably when we realized we both masturbated after interviews. <laughs> <laughs> did I give you a skin gas? You did. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing. I <laughs> um, But yeah, there's all these different ways that our bodies feel arousal and pleasure and if we're not so fixated we might because actually some of the mri studies the scientists actually told me you know if you want to come back we're doing some where you bring yourself to orgasm with your mind and i'm like um gotta work on that first you know what though (laughs) yeah i think that's happened to me really on purpose like no but like i'd have um just i'm a big dreamer like very vivid dreams i have had sleepgasms Oh, my God. Do they wake you up? Sometimes. Yeah. I've woken up halfway in. And I'm just like, what just happened? Yeah. And how can we do that again? I know. <laughs> That's what made me think. Like, we probably can think ourselves to, because the brain is the biggest sex yeah. organ, right? And it's yeah. like, if if we can dream to it, then we're just standing in our own way if, you know, if we wanted yeah. to. That's, it's amazing. Isn't that kind of like what tantric sex is? I think that that on. I think that that is involved. I know they have certain exercises that's really mm-hmm. focused on that, like you know, and the teacher in the front will be on the ground and just bring herself to to orgasm. I think, yeah, like using your breath mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. I mean, it's a lot of times. I think there's this idea that only guys get wet dreams, and I think it's pretty similar. Yeah. I don't know if they wake them up. I was going to call it that, but then I was like, I don't know if that's proper terms for a woman, but that's like, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, I just had sex and I like felt it. Like I felt everything. Yeah. It was insane. That's real. That's real. We just hope we don't sleep through them because usually if you have a penis, then there'll be more evidence. Right. So. Yeah. But I mean, we have, I know... It's funny because, speaking of girl boners, when a guy gets a boner, you know, obviously, visually, mm-hmm. or maybe you feel it, whatever. With women, you obviously don't see anything, but 
it there is something that happens throughout the day with random things. Like I have a girlfriend who will orgasm just from doing crunches, like exercise. Sometimes it is when you bring yeah. up music. Like there there are moments when I'll listen to certain things and I just it's, like a it's not like a full blown like I'm you're not gonna see me have what looks like a seizure in the middle of the room. <laughs> but I, I feel something. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. There's a, a TED talk. I can't remember who gave it, but that goes through orgasm facts or really unique facts. And there's somebody she mentions who orgasms when she brushes her teeth. Interesting. Isn't there something with sneezing too? You know, that is kind of a sexual feeling, isn't it? Well, I know that some people, when they sneeze, they leak a little of urine. <laughs> like, I know there's like a connection there. Like that, well, that's incontinence. It's not the same thing. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like you can feel that. It, it's just of, that release, like yeah. the buildup and release. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think we can experience so much pleasure if we allow ourselves to. And I think we have a lot of barriers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're working on a book now. I am. What is it about? It is about, um, it's highlighting the different relationships I've had with various men throughout my life and kind of detailing those experiences to show um, how it led me to viewing love the way I do, viewing sex and relationships the way I do. But also it's very much a book of forgiveness because I'm I'm going through a lot of self-healing and so... I feel like I needed to forgive a lot of people in my past to move forward. Even though I, I think I've kind of already done that. I, I would, I need to just like put it all together and and let it go. Beautiful. Do you have a title yeah. for it? Not yet. Yeah. I keep thinking about it, but it's very, it's still in the very like beginning stages. I'm almost done with the first draft, and and I don't even know like how it's going to get out there or how it's going to get published. I just know it will. And one day I'm going to hold it in my hand and I'm going to be like, damn straight girl, you did this. Yeah. That's the best way to write a book. I think sometimes is to, is to write it because you need to write it. Oh yeah. It'll, it'll work. Whether everyone sees it or no one sees it, I'm going to see it and it's just going (laughs) to be so therapeutic. So I'm excited about it. So tell us about the problem with dating, kind of what it is in a nutshell and where people can learn about it and get involved. Sure. Yeah. So the problem with dating is a blog that is basically focused on um, love and relationships and examining that and a lot of self-worth, which kind of came indirectly as well during my journey when I realized that I was like, you know, you're not very nice to yourself. And so it's it's examining that. It's it's sparking those vulnerable conversations. It's letting people know that it's okay to feel vulnerability because I think a lot of us grew up with the idea that vulnerability is synonymous to weakness. I know I did. And so um, it's kind of trying to recharge that authentic vibe that that we've been missing for so long. And I think people are really craving it now. So it's a mixture of, you know, serious deep think pieces but also a lot of you know I'm a very funny person and so I like to bring humor into it and I like to talk about shitty dates and Mm -hmm. and just like things that make you wonder like what the fuck is happening have you ever done stand-up I've thought that like three times as you've been speaking really (laughs) no stand-up terrifies me yeah just the idea of it because I'm just like, I can't be funny on command. I'm just like funny. <laughs> Whenever the Lord blesses me with a joke and it just, it comes out perfectly. <laughs> but actually, funny enough, someone years ago, because I was a <clears throat> a journalism major, 
I went to this like anchor boot camp or whatever. And on the last day, this guy was like, you know, Bruna, if this journalism thing doesn't work out for you, you should be a comedian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And I just thought that was the sweetest thing because I love making people laugh. But I just I couldn't do it as a job, I don't think. Well, you'll be great at your readings of your book. Oh, thank you. That yeah. while I'm like hyperventilating, crying, I'll just oh. make some sarcastic remark. No, but it's um, it's my passion project. And I, I love the problem with dating and I love where it's going. And I love that it's not selling superficial ideas or quick fixes or whatever, because there isn't. And and I've been very honest with anyone who reads it, not just with my personal stories, but with what I'm trying to do, which is I'm not here to give you answers because I don't know them. Like, I can't tell you six ways to make sure he texts you back within an hour. If I knew that, I would not be dealing with half of the problems I deal with. But I can tell you what I've experienced and what I've come from it. And if you can resonate with that in any way, then that's, that's beautiful. Like, that's a great thing. And so it's more so taking that approach and and sharing my story and, and my findings and, and me trying to elevate to a higher frequency and whatever in hopes that I can either inspire other people or, or connect with other people or give them that strength they need to do it on their own and, and go from there. And it's I loved it so far. It's great. You have this beautiful like Zen comic vibe. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I feel very soothed and entertained. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Time, so. I'm trying. I'm trying to get to my zen because I used to be super like I'm very type A, like planner, um, super goal oriented, which is all fine, but it's stressful because I'm also a very, like I'm a perfectionist. And half the time I don't even start a project unless I know I can make it the most amazing thing. And now I'm just kind of learning to just just let it ride and just go with it and it's been a great experience and learning process for me um i still stress out don't get me wrong but now there's just more of uh the reassurance that you know what i'm i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing i feel completely at peace with everything i'm doing everything is very authentic to who i am and what i stand for and i just have to have faith that everything's gonna work out the way it should that's inspiring Thanks. If you could give everyone one tip on dating more authentically, Mm. what would you recommend? I would say to be upfront with your intentions. And if you find yourself dealing with someone who can't be upfront with their intentions, to be strong with your discernment. And what I mean by that is, unfortunately, people will not tell you how it is because out of fear right? They either want something from you and so they don't want to tell you their true intentions because then they won't get it or they're afraid that you are going to judge them, walk away, you know, whatever. So they tell you what they think you want to hear instead of the truth, which is never a good thing, but we do it. So then if you're dealing with someone who's not going to be clear with your intentions, but you feel in your gut this isn't right or there's something going on or you keep seeing these damn red flags that you're ignoring, you need to be strong with your discernment. And you need to hold yourself accountable. If I'm dealing with a guy who's like, yeah, no, you're great. I love hanging out with you. But then I don't hear from him. He's hanging out with other girls. He's not like giving me the time of day. This is not rocket science. Like I'm smarter than this. And it's you don't even have to make it a big deal and just be like, "Okay, that's cool. But I'm not going to invest energy into you because I, I know what I deserve and what I want. And you're 
telling me all the nice things, but you're not following through. So it's up to me now to make a move. I'm not going to wait for you to do what you're saying you're going to do. And it's tough, especially because we rely on potential so much. Yeah. You have to finish your book so I can buy it. (laughs) I will have a copy for you here, (laughs) hand-delivered. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. This is a blast. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Super fun. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a simple review while you're there. And stop by my blog, augustmclaughlin.com for extras and sign up for those email updates. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.